Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. It's really good to have you all with us. And thanks again to everyone who calls us live on the show every night, because we do air this thing at what the fuck o'clock, and we love all of our live listeners. That's our evil army of the night. We also love the people who listen to the John Fuglesang podcast, everyone who listens to SiriusXM On Demand, or the SiriusXM app. You can also write us your messages, if you can't call us live, at uh, johnfuglesang.com or on our show's Facebook page. And tonight... I have an interesting question I want to put out to all you guys, including people listening the next day. Um, and you can write us about this one. How divided are we here in the divided tribes of America? I mean, what are the areas you seriously think the modern right and the modern left can find common ground? What topics, beyond the fact that we all love our kids, right? Or we love Star Wars. There's racist Star Wars fans. But... but how can we get on the same side on certain topics? How can we point to issues and say our commonalities really do outweigh our differences? I want to talk about a few polls, but we're, we're broadcasting this on the 101st anniversary of the race riot that happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where 85 human beings were murdered. Joe Biden tweeted, Today we remember the hell unleashed 101 years ago in Tulsa, where Greenwood was raided, firebombed, and destroyed by a violent white supremacist mob. It wasn't a riot, it was a massacre. We must continue to reckon with the past and work to build a more just future. So, sadly, this anniversary is marked by another mass shooting in Tulsa, 101 years to the day. Mass death just piling on. At least four people have been murdered in a hospital campus shooting. In Tulsa today, the shooter is also dead. He took his own life. As of now, police are treating this as a catastrophic scene in a hospital. <clears throat> so we've been met trying to make sense of all the people who are seemingly living in Whiteopia or Trumplandia, a, uh, an authoritarian state where they're trying to bring things back to the 50s. And by that, I mean the 1850s. We had a caller last night who's called our show before, and, and he, he disguises where he's from. He's usually the racist from Florida. Last night he said he was in Oklahoma. <clears throat> who, who was saying how much he's endorsed the shooter in Uvalde, Texas, being able to buy two AR-15s on his 18th birthday? And, and he said that the 19 children being slaughtered were acceptable. And when we asked him, and you can hear this on the podcast, when we asked him about you know, what about the NRA? They would not allow guns in for Trump's speech. He said because Trump's life mattered more than that of 19 small children. 
and it might seem like, how can we ever reach these people? I mean, how are we ever going to save this country? But it's important to remember something. Um, these folks, like our racist caller last night, they're a brutally small minority. And it's more important to remember Twitter isn't real America. We are not as divided on this issue of guns as we seem. You know, Politico and Morning Consult had a new poll right after the shooting in Uvalde. 88% of Americans strongly or somewhat support requiring background checks on all gun sales. Only 8% strongly or somewhat oppose. That's an approval of net 80 points. Right, Democrats? Right, White House? Uh, 75% strongly or somewhat support creating a national database with information about every single gun sale. Only 18% strongly or somewhat oppose. That's not controversial. 67% strongly or somewhat support banning assault-style weapons. Only 25% strongly or somewhat oppose. Net approval? Plus 42 points. What about preventing the sales of all firearms to people reported as dangerous to law enforcement by a medical health provider? This, of course, deals with the red flag laws we've been talking about. 84% of us strongly or somewhat strongly support that. Only 9% strongly or somewhat oppose. How about making the private gun sales and the sales at gun shows subject to background checks? Well, I'm glad you asked. 81% of Americans strongly or somewhat support this. Only 11% strongly or somewhat oppose. There's more. What about requiring all gun owners to store their guns in a safe storage unit? That's got to be controversial, right? Well, it's not. 77% of us strongly or somewhat support it. Only 15% strongly or somewhat oppose. We're not divided, folks. White people are divided. But America, there's a lot more unity than we're given credit for. You know... There was, there was this new Axios Ipsos, Two Americas index poll they're doing every day now. And it, it showed that only 38% of Americans have said they have something in common with people of another race, people of another background ethnically, people of another political party. However, that's 10 points higher than it was six months ago. We were only at 28% of us saying we have something in common with people of a different political party. A lot of that is that Russia's awful invasion of Ukraine could be one factor bringing us closer together. And as we move further and further away from the 2020 election, people might be more amenable to seeing past our differences. Politics needs us to hate each other. Media needs us to hate each other. But they're going to do this poll every month to look at the polarization through the lens of social behavior and responses to events and news. They, they asked last December... Uh, for the first time, about a thousand people every month. Um, when's the last time you shared a meal with somebody from a different racial or ethnic group? When's the last time you shared a meal with someone from a different political party? And and the folks were asked, how much, if anything, do you think you have in common with people who identify as white or black or Hispanic, Asian, Democrats, Republicans, evangelical Christians, agnostic? The results, well, people saying they share a meal with someone that stayed pretty flat. But people saying they have something in common with people from different groups has gone up from 28% to 38% in just the last six months. And that rise really became clear in February, the same month Russia invaded Ukraine. In 2020, Harvard University's Carr Center for Human Rights, they had a poll that showed that more than 7 in 10 Americans believe they have more in common with each other than many of us think. Pori Hemplo. 93% of us consider the right to clean air and water 
to be important. It's almost like you could run on that, couldn't you, Democrats? 93% think the protection of personal data is very important. 92% believe the right the right to a quality education. 92% believe racial equality is very important. 89% believe affordable health care is very important. 85% believe the right to a job. We're not divided, folks. We're not. Six out of 10 agreed that black Americans and other racial minorities are targets of racism in policing. Six out of 10. And we already know 91% of Democrats, 85% of independents, and 76% of Republicans want the government to be able to negotiate drug prices. And we maybe could be doing that right now if Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema weren't as for sale as 50 Republicans in the Senate. 78% of us want Medicare to cover vision and dental. And the Dems have control of Congress, but we couldn't do it. 86% of people over the age of 45 support expanding Medicare to cover hearing, vision, and dental. It's not controversial. That's 89% of Democrats, 82% of independents, 76% of Republicans. What about the Republicans fighting against any taxes on the super wealthy? Well, 61% of us, according to the Pew Research Center poll, 61% of us want the wealthy to pay higher taxes. 55 of the largest corporations in this country paid $0 in federal income taxes in the year 2020. And those 55 corporations made over $40 billion that same year. There was a YouGov poll from last year found 82% of Americans think employees should be able to take paid maternity leave. It's not controversial. 68% of Americans thought paid maternity and paternity leave ought to be offered. Vox and Data for Progress at a poll last year uh, found 71% of us support raising taxes on the wealthiest 2%. The Pew Research poll in 2020 um, found a majority of U.S. adults want the government to play a larger role in addressing climate change. About two-thirds, 65% of us, say the federal government is doing too little to reduce the effects of climate change. Get this, 90% of Americans favor planting a trillion trees around the world to absorb carbon emissions in the atmosphere. 90% is more popular than Christmas. There's also the latest finding uh, released by the General Social Survey by NORC at University of Chicago. 61% of us supported cannabis legalization in 2018. That number has only gone up. Here's an area where I think we could find common ground, even with your uncle racist and your aunt dead inside, the drug war. Have you heard about what's going on in Canada? Residents of British Columbia who are caught with small amounts of drugs like coke and meth and ecstasy won't face criminal charges or have their drugs confiscated as part of a brand new three-year trial they're doing in the province. This comes after they appealed to Canada's federal government for a drug exemption last November after a deadly surge in overdoses last year. Drugs are still illegal. They're not legalizing or decriminalizing the drugs. But those people who are found to be in possession of 2.5 grams of meth, MDMA, or cocaine, 2.5 grams or less, they're going to be steered to resources in health and social services rather than being arrested and put in jails. The Federal Minister of Mental Health and Addiction says we are doing this to save lives, but also to give people using drugs their dignity and choices. I'm sorry. I really believe a smart politician in the Democratic Party could talk about stuff like that and get Republicans on their side. If you can reach them through right-wing media, of course. And by the way, happy Pride Month. We found out today support for same-sex marriage is at a record high in the new Gallup poll. It's gone up to 71% of people 
now saying they're in favor of it. Seven years after a Ronald Reagan-appointed chief justice wrote the majority opinion legalizing same-sex marriage, 71% of people are in favor of it. I'm old enough to remember 2004 when they beat John Kerry by saying, oh, letting gay people marry who they love will be a threat to traditional marriage. Remember traditional marriage? Remember those evil motherfuckers, Carl Rove and George W. Bush, traditional marriage? Well, they were wrong. We are getting better. We are getting kinder. We are getting smarter. We are getting more decent. 71% of us now say we support gay marriage. Look, I know our commonalities outweigh our differences in this country because I've seen it in my own American family. I have got a very large extended Southern family. I have got a very large extended Brooklyn family. I have married into a West Coast family. And my large extended family is all married and they've had kids and their kids have married and divorced and married again. My American family has included conservatives and Republicans and Trump supporters and liberals and Christians and Jews and Muslims. In my family, I have had abortion rights activists and I've had people who picket outside clinics. I've had teachers, nurses, firemen in my family, law enforcement, soldiers, doctors, therapists, truck drivers, bus drivers, painters, carpenters, chefs. I've had African-American people in my family, Middle Eastern people in my family, Latinos in my family, Europeans, Australians, Canadians, clergy, criminals. I've had relatives go to jail. I've had LGBT family. I've had people with disabilities in my family. I've had undocumented people marry into my family. I've got an atheist brother and an ex-nun mother. I don't get to hate anybody. And it's because my American family has been so diverse all over the place. And yet... They managed to get along. I will never stop believing we can do it too. Evil motherfuckers have to be called out. Hypocrites need to be mocked. And they need to be ridiculed. Don't get me wrong. Compromising values is something we can't do. But we can find the areas we agree on. And we don't have to hate the other side. Because hate makes you stupid. And if you don't believe me, well, go check out Right Wing Twitter. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Kira Sultanovich 
is one of our favorite comedians, and it's been a while since she's been with us. She did the show when we were on the other channel uh, in the L.A. studios. Now, you, Riff Raff, might know her as playing the voice in the photo booth on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, which turned into a nine-year recurring gig. You may have seen her one-hour Amazon special, You Did This to Me, her half-hour Showtime special, Here Comes Trouble, uh, her work on Punchline on the Fox Network. Kira's a great comic, whether she's talking about being a comic or being a mom. But this coming Sunday... She is raising money for the aid organization Nova Ukraine at the Improv in Hollywood with an insane lineup. Craig Robinson's joining her. Uh, Todd Glass, Carol Liefer, uh, our friend Asuko Okatsuka is going to join her. It's a great, great lineup for a really, really wonderful cause. And Kira herself was born in Ukraine, which I'm always excited to talk about. You can get tickets if you're on the West Coast at improv.com slash Hollywood. Do yourself a favor. Kira Soltanovich, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm going back to the last time I was in your studio. It was a long time ago. I, I time everything by kid. So I'm like, was that when I had just one kid or did I have my second kid? Because everything in my life <laughs> is like pre-kids, pre-second. Where Same. was I? You Same. know, was there still placenta there hanging? Like what was happening Nursing bras, you know, that's how my whole life is uh, timeline. But it was a while ago, and I'm so yeah, glad to see I mean, you. I, it was a while ago. I thank you. Yo, I'm, I'm, I began the pandemic with a little boy, and I ended the pandemic with a boy. Like, I, 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 it's so weird. He was like a little one when it began, and now he's like a, a fucking dude. How many kids do you have now, Kira? I have two. I have uh, six and 11. And so when this all started, the six-year-old was four, and she would say, creepy things to me because she wasn't used to seeing me all the time, you know, 24 seven. I, all my gigs were of course erased and she would say prison stuff to me. Like you want to go take a shower together? And I would say no. Cause we were together all the time. And I I was like, mommy doesn't all the time in there pointing and asking questions at crotch level. No, thank you. Um, so it was very, exactly. I went from being, I, I went from being that guy with the suitcase who comes and goes to my son telling me that we're codependent now. It, it, it was crazy. I mean, I, I got to admit, though, I had a child for the same reason I had a colonoscopy uh, for the material <laughs> and, um, you know, and to board the plane early. Those are they were they seemed like good reasons at the time. Did did being a mom in covid give you a lot to work with creatively? Listen, I, I we tried the Zoom school. It did not work. Um, you know, she was, she was starting kindergarten and the teacher had like insane expectations. Everybody sit and put your hands in your lap folded on your desk. I was like, she's in her bed. Do you understand? Like, what are you expecting right now? It's kindergarten. (laughs) And my older kid was Googling uh, Lego sets and I was like, all right, I'm done. So I pulled them out and I started homeschooling them, which as a, a comic should be illegal and I'm not smart enough yeah. to multiply fractions. Are you kidding me? I get paid. Wow. In Doesn't, does, yeah. There's no math in my <laughs> life. It's like I can tell you if I do 20 minutes, they owe me chicken nuggets. And if I do half an hour, then they got to give me nachos. Like that's the math. Those are my word problems. And so all of a sudden I'm, <laughs> I'm homeschooling and I'm not qualified. And my husband is trying to zoom from his you know corner of the living room and we're all losing our mind. And then. And then he wanted me to uh, be a farmer and I'll never forgive him for that because now he wants to put crops in our backyard. Cause you know, you legally had to like bake sourdough bread. You had to rescue an animal. 
Uh, and, and then right. you had to be a farmer. We had to put crops. And he goes, nothing's growing. He's mad at me. Nothing's, I go, look at this Jew face. What am I going to grow? Anxiety. That's all I can grow. So now I have to be a farmer and a homeschooler. It was like little house in the prairie. I'm churning my own butter. It was insanity in our house. Um, what was the question? I was going to say, wow. <laughs> I mean, well, d- d- <laughs> Just that you're a comedian homeschooling. I thought Megan. I thought Megan's law protected us from comics homeschooling, but I guess, I guess not. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 and, it, and they still terrifying are. here they as well. Are. Just I, I'm still. Oh yeah, doing doing home doing homeschooling. Well, doing it. I mean, it felt like homeschooling with virtual and the internet with these teachers here in New York City. I was just like, oh god, the teacher wants to talk to us. Let's make sure the bong's not in the shot. That was pretty yeah, much two exactly. years of my life. Yes. Yeah, you know, your story is. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Tell me about the four year old in the shower. It's just getting interesting. Yeah, she was she just turned five. Right. So she started kindergarten and uh, she's I'm in the shower. I was like, okay, they're on their Zooms. I went to go take a quick shower and she's um, in the bathroom with the Zoom because she did hers on like a little Chromebook pointing to me. Like I open up the shower curtain and there's her whole Zoom class. And she said, my teacher wanted to ask you a question. So you brought her into the shower with me? I mean, I I flashed her entire kindergarten class. So I was asked to leave those PTA meetings immediately. Wow. I can see why the homeschooling might be a legal necessity. I I totally get it. Um, (laughs) You you know, I, I love your story, your origin story, because we talked about this on the show when you were here before, but you were born in Ukraine back when it was still the Soviet Union, right? Right. Yes. Uh, it was USSR. And of course, now that all this is happening and I, I get on stage and I tell people, hey, is this, a, is this a good time to mention I was born in you know, Ukraine? And of course, you know, L.A., everyone's like, oh, hugs. You know, they're like, hugs. And I go, but I, I only speak Russian. Boo! Hiss! Yeah. You know, so I'm like torn. <laughs> because it was all just, it was all just Soviets. You know, we were, that's why I call myself a Soviet. Because that's how I was raised. Standing in line for food. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have, you don't even know what you're standing in line for sometimes. It could just be you get to the front of the line, it was just shoes. That's what my mom told me once. They were standing in line. They thought it was going to be some sort of meat. And it was shoes. So we're having boots for dinner. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm like stuck right now when I tell people about, you know, where I'm from. And, because we only speak Russian because no one was really allowed to speak Ukrainian. Um, but right. yes, it's where I'm from. I've, I still have family there. I go visit. Um, my family is currently, this is crazy. I mean, it sounds like I'm pitching you like a movie in an elevator, but they are hiding <laughs> in the mountains right now. Yeah, I, I, I know people who I, go ahead, please. Sorry. No, I, I text my niece and I'm just like, what's happening? She's like, it's quiet in the mountains. <laughs> That's what she says to me every day. That's where they are. It's horrifying. I mean, I've got people that we know who in, in Ukraine and, and um, you know, my wife's coworker, my wife did worked in Ukraine for a while and, and her coworker had to leave the country with her daughter. Her husband and sons had to stay there because her sons were over 18 and they had to go fight. She just finally was able to get back into the country. I mean, we're as it seems like the coverage has really leveled off in this country and we're getting less and less coverage every day, which 
scares me a lot. I mean, we're sending more money, but we're it's coming into our homes less and less. How old were you when your parents were able to emigrate to the States? Oh, I was really little. I was two when we got to the States. But um, because we have family there and because I've been back and my mom, you know, she's my dad's actually from a country called Moldova. But again, yeah. it was all USSR. But that's where he's from. And, and I've been there as well. But my mom, you know, the Ukraine's, it, Ukraine is very, um, it's really, of course, special to her. And she is going through um, some Alzheimer's dementia right now. So I haven't even told her. Really? I decided not to. Um, I don't know. I just don't know. Like, I think it would just be too confusing and too much. So, but now I thought, well, maybe this will be over in a couple months. And now it's like going on and I'm like, well, when do I tell her? And then if I tell her and she says, well, when did this start? And I say, end of February, now I'm in more trouble. So (laughs) I don't even know, like, oh, it's like, it's like a sitcom moment where I'm like, Oh, it's like goodbye. Have you seen the film Goodbye Lenin? It's exactly like, like that when they don't tell the mother that communism has fallen and try to convince her that it's the iron curtain is still there. Yeah. Exactly. And you're an unfit daughter and an unfit mother. You're unfit mother and an unfit daughter, Kira. I'm learning so much here. It's great. I'm so unfit. Although I will say. I have given her suppositories and I didn't need to, but I did it. So nice. I should get some sort of points for that. That's no, that's, that's love. I will say, I, I think it's, it's, it's guilt, but sure. But I, I, I want to tell her and sometimes she'll, I'll call her friends on speakerphone and then they'll bring it up and I'll just like, bah, 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 and I just like change the subject. It's so awful. I've turned into Jack Tripper. It's awful. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> I mean, you've been back. Have you been back often? Have you been back many times to Ukraine? I'm curious, Um, what is it it that Americans should know about the country, about the society, about the people? Well, here's one thing I will tell you. The people of Odessa probably have the best sense of humor in probably the entire Eastern Bloc. They are known for their sense of humor. Odessa is like a resort. I mean, it is, it's where people went to go vacation. And the city that I was born in, uh, it's now called Lviv. It was Lvov when I was born there. Uh, It looks like Paris. It's absolutely beautiful. Cobblestone streets downtown. All the houses are painted like in this like beautiful, you know, kind of Easter egg colors, these pastels. It's really a beautiful, gorgeous place and the food there has gotten tremendous. I mean, it's insane. And, uh, you know, it's just a really thriving... I, I've, I've been to Kiev, but but only, like, briefly, so I can't really speak right. on it. But um, my mom was raised in a city called Nipepetrovsk. Now it's Dnipro, and that's where my family, you know, they are there, but they've gone up into the mountains. But it's... it's Ukrainian people have the best sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. The ones I've known and my wife's coworkers who I've spent a lot of time on Zoom with are just hilarious. And they always were trying to get my wife to go on a fun pleasure tour of Chernobyl. She wasn't feeling it, but, you know, <laughs> it was the wrong time for that miniseries to come out. That's all. But like yeah. when you mentioned your, your family in the mountains, I just want to stress your, your family that you mentioned, they're up in the mountains of Ukraine. They're hiding there, right? They're hiding there. Until yeah, they don't live there. Back to they, their homes. That's not yeah. their home. That's not they're their hi- permanent they're, home. They're literally hiding in the wilderness until they can return safely to their communities. Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this fundraiser 
was, well, first of all, I'm doing it with two other comics and we were all born in Ukraine. So it's, it's very, it's very dear to our hearts, right? We're not just doing this as like, ah, cool. We're like, you know, woke progressives. That's not it at all. We are from there and we still have family there, but also they can't, the men can't leave, um, like, you know, already. And so the, the women don't want to leave their men. That's right. But soon I think my niece is going to leave with her two young kids um, and leave her husband. And so then she will be basically a refugee. And that's who we're raising money for. So, you know, it's not like we're, we're sending money to Ukraine. We're actually raising money for people who are trying to escape um, and become refugees and need help with whatever it is, food, shelter, a place to go. I mean, bus tickets, train tickets, uh, plane tickets, anything because you sometimes have to drop everything and you know, you can't take money. So, you know, it's just, it's very complicated and it's very layered. So that's really what we're raising money for is the people that need help because they left their lives and everything right. and just got up and left. Um, and that's what Nova Ukraine is doing among other things, but really they do help refugees. It's, it's amazing. I know, I know they've helped, uh, deliver more than a million hot meals and they've helped over 20,000 people evacuate and animals evacuate from you. Uh, imagine it's so hard. You're trying to get to refugee status. Like we think of refugee status as being the most desolate, scary way to exist for a period. These people aren't even there yet. I mean, Nova Ukraine sounds like they're doing amazing, amazing work. And, and I know they do a lot to help the people and to try to, to strengthen the society. Um, how do you go about booking a show like this? Like, what was the process? You talked to your, the other, Andre is one of the comics I know. Yeah, um, Andre and Dan, Dan Kino. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, I invited them over. I made them a delicious salmon. That's how you get to people, right? Very nice. Yeah. Um, I'll give you the recipe if you want. It's just really a lot of butter and garlic. But anyways, that's not the point. So I, I had them over to my house and I said, <laughs> we have to do something. And, uh, and of course they, they, they agreed. Andre brought it up to me initially. Uh, they, they, you know, we all agree. We got to do something. And um, we have an amazing lineup. And here's what I, here's why I love our lineup so much. It's because it is so diverse. And it's not just like, oh, these are like the regular comics that you see, you know, at the improv every week. I mean, they, these are improv regulars, but it's like, Oh my gosh, Carol Leifer is on board, which just yeah. makes my heart sore. Um, and, and Kevin uh, Pollock is coming. Pollock's doing a set for you. Well, here's the thing. So I want to be transparent. He might have a scheduling conflict. Okay, okay. <laughs> he might have a scheduling conflict. It's not that he doesn't want to, but he might have. The, oh, and we were right like, on. Kevin! Um, honestly, he's my one cheat um, with my husband. It's not like, you know, it's not Matt Damon. It's not George Clooney. It's Kevin Pollack. That's how that, sexy. He's so talented. It's, it's like he's so great. Sexy. Anyways, yeah. uh, please don't tell him I said that. That's embarrassing. So uh, Kevin... Uh, Maybe, maybe, who knows? Maybe the gods will shine upon us and he'll be able to make it. But I think he has a scheduling conflict. But Craig Robinson, who's just such an amazing, sweet guy. Everyone knows him from The Office, but he's been in a million things. Zainab Johnson, Atsuko. Um, as you know, Atsuko, she's so great. Also an immigrant herself. Yeah. Todd Glass. I mean, come on. This is amazing. This Mensch. lineup is great. Justin Willman. Justin has a show on Netflix, Magic for Humans. It is mm -hmm. so great. Dan Levy, um, Dan Kino, Andre Belikoff. I mean, who am I forgetting? Chris Porter. It's a great oh my lineup. God. It's Jesus. amazing. 
I'm ready to hop on a plane and beg you for stage time. Please. I miss the improv <gasps> so much here in New York. And by the way, I was just back <sighs> in it. L.A. I had to take my horrible child uh, to Disneyland before he turned 10. <laughs> that was the goal. So I, I, had, I had left stuff in the fridge in February of 2020 before the pandemic hit. And I, I literally finally went back to L.A. And the day we got to Disneyland was the day Russia invaded. I spent the entire day with my son in Disneyland on my phone just being horrified. It was the most horrific theme park experience. And I'm just so inspired that you're doing this, that you're getting these talented people. I mean, what is the challenge of trying to raise money for this event and make it funny at the same time? Well, look, comics, that's our job, right? Unfortunately, sometimes that's what we have to do. And um, I, like I said, it's hard for me on stage sometimes because you know, I also have family in Moscow and people are like, I'll never buy another Matryoshka. You know, it's like, da, 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 hold on. One thing I do want to tell people and remind people is, you know, Ukrainians are also just Russians as well. So I, I do want to kind of make people mindful that we're all cousins. You know, we're all, I have family that they're from Ukraine and now then they moved to, let's say, Moscow to go work. And so, yes, now they happen to be Russians, but they're they're Ukrainian. You know what I mean? It's really very, very subtle and very layered and very sometimes difficult for people because they want to be angry at Russians. But we're all just we all just want everyone to be um, a sovereign. Right. Like, yeah, there are Russians who just want Ukraine to be a sovereign nation. And and I don't I don't hate any I don't hate Iranians for what their leaders do. I didn't hate all Americans when Trump was president. I don't hate all I live on the Upper West Side of New York, like Russia annexed (laughs) us back in the 90s. We've been a Russian (laughs) colony for decades. Yes, 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 exactly. So I just want to make people aware of that, that, you know, it's it's it can be very polarizing sometimes. I think if people take things maybe in the wrong light, but really we're we we just want to laugh and we just want to raise money. And it's the only way I know, like I said, I'm not a homeschool teacher. All I know is how to be a clown and tell some yeah. dick jokes. It's, that's, that's my skill. So that's what I'm going to use. That's to how I did my, patients. that's how I did my homeschooling. It was just being a clown. Telling <laughs> dick jokes. It, it d- didn't go that well, but they passed them the fourth grade anyway. Uh, w- w- one last thing, Kira, um, I love that you're doing this and everyone should get tickets. Hollywood Improv's website is the best way to go, right? Improv.com slash Hollywood. Yes, absolutely. 7 p.m. Sunday, the 5th, 5th of June. Fantastic. Um, it, it is important for people to realize that you don't have to hate the Russians. And, and I'm, I'm so glad you said that because uh, I, I'm not really worried so much about people hating Russians. I'm worried about this story slipping away from the headlines because people just get outrage fatigue. They get shock fatigue. And, and I think it's very important that we tell people that this ongoing crisis of murder and rape and mutilation and destruction and slaughtering of children is still going on very powerfully, whether the news is covering that or finding Johnny Depp more interesting. Yeah, I, I listen, I used to like wake up, have a cup of coffee and kind of open up my favorite news apps and just see what's going on. What did I miss on the other side of the world while I was sleeping? And now I wake up and it's just like paralyzing fear. You know, it's just what is happening today? And you're right. There is there is news fatigue. There There is just crisis after crisis after crisis. Uh, but we cannot forget that um, you know, I came to this country. Luckily, my mom and I had a green card. My brother and my dad were refugees. So whenever I hear that word, I 
kind of get a little, you know, my heartstrings and I get a little triggered of like, oh my gosh, we got to help because it's, it's my family, yeah. you know? So we came here as refugees. It's not a bad word. Um, and we, we got help. We, in, in New Haven, Connecticut, of all places. Talk about desolate. My God. <laughs> I, well, I've been to New Haven. I waited online for shoes there for weeks. Um, <laughs> Kira, it's so good to see you. You are such a great comic. You make it look easy. You are a master of the craft. And I just love so much that you're doing this event. It is a very special benefit this coming Sunday. That's the 5th of June at the Hollywood Improv. It all benefits the aid organization, Nova Ukraine. If you are on the West Coast, go and see Kira and Craig Robinson and Carol Liefer and Todd Glass. What a lineup. It's wonderful to see you. Come back anytime, Kira. Thank you for doing this amazing event. Thanks, John. Hey, what's the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all of your live appearances and uh, other evil doings? Kira Comedy. Kira Comedy on, on Twitter. Kira Comedy on Instagram. That's the best. Brilliant. Great to see you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Rob in Seattle. Hello. Hello, John and Keith. How are Hi, you? Hi, Rob. How are you, Rob? Hey, good. Buddy. I, was, I was calling in uh, this Jimmy guy. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, he's sheer entertainment. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. The guy's a joke, and he's always going to be a joke. I don't yeah. know how you turn people like that. I just don't. Uh, you don't. You don't like turn. You don't like turn that. people like that. You. Nope. You listen. I will always say that Keith Westboro Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud to have been picketed by them in Kansas City. I will always nice. say that Westboro Baptist Church helped end homophobia in this country because a lot of conservative folks were like well i'm not sure i'm on the fence with gay marriage but i really don't want to be with those assholes and they were so disgusting that they actually helped move people in the other direction and i think guys like that absurd coward uh are very very good uh in the long run because you will never convert them but you can reach their kids you can reach their wives you can reach the disgusted onlookers yeah uh no, I get so a, much a, work. To look at it too. Yeah, no, that's a lot of work. <laughs> See? I'll, I'll tell you, <laughs> I, I just it, it's it, it, it's astounding. I, I heard a lot of stupid today uh, <laughs> with a friend's family member telling me um, how much of a Trump her Trumper her mother was. So you know, I have a well-rounded day. Ending it with. Uh, talking about Jimmy after having similar occurrences of it throughout the day, too. I, I don't I know. hear you. But there is good news. Um, I did not know Bob Dylan was in town. And oh. I got online, and I got tickets to his concert tomorrow night. Nice. He's play- Yeah. Where is he playing? The Paramount? Yeah. He's playing the nice. Paramount, which is nice. I'll get home just right around 6. I saw this tour twice. <laughs> I, I saw this tour. There, so I cool. saw this tour twice in November in New York. And just so you know, the entire show, there's no hits. Like it's almost all <laughs> the new album. He plays nine songs off the new album. <laughs> show me one other artist in the '60s who's doing nine songs, and it's it's great. It's great, but like the most recognizable song has got to serve somebody, and it's unrecognizable. And uh, but but you're you're in luck because last night for the first time on the tour, Bob started playing guitar again. 
He played guitar on two songs, which he hasn't done in years. So you're in a wow. very lucky place, Rob. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to it, John. I haven't seen him since like the summer of 89. Oh, he's much better now than 89. I listened to bootlegs at that time. That's <laughs> yeah. before my, I, that was before my time to see him live, but I've heard bootlegs. Have you listened to the Rough and Rowdy Ways album? No, not yet. You've got 24 hours to learn it because that's what you're going to see done live tomorrow. <laughs> that's the show. Maybe I should just go in and download it with the rest of it. I would listen. I would start to that. There's no blowing in the wind in this tour. There's no like a Rolling Stone. Bob is in a real fuck your feelings kind of mood and he wants to play his new shit. So. Hey, he's like, he's probably like, I've got that girl from the North Country handling my hits right exactly. now. Exactly. So my greatest hits are on Broadway. This is what I'm playing now. <laughs> Enjoy, Rob. Thank you very much for the call. I want to get to everybody before we have to say goodbye. Uh, let's go to Bill in Jersey. Bill, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm pretty good, I guess. You know, for a 68-year-old eccentric guy, beating the heat in his uh, loincloth, I'm pretty good. Well, mate, yeah, I, mm. I understand. Well, ex- Send pictures. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, can you imagine if that asshole was still in office and there was a trans hurricane coming across the continent <laughs> he would be drop kicking a bombs into that thing like you know you nobody's tomorrow i know i give it a muslim name just to really freak him out and he'd use that magical marker to change the path of it like up to the upper west side or something so funny so funny bill thank you very much for the call i want to get to a couple more before we before we get out of here colson in canada hello Hey, how's it going today? Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm not too bad, thanks. I got a question for you. Uh, Tell me. How long, the, how, how long do you think it's going to take to fix your guys' gun laws down there? <laughs> I think it's going to take until every, until every Republican knows somebody who's been shot. Only when someone they care about. When every yeah. Republican has someone in their life they love who's been shot. Then it'll change. Not until then. It's going to be a long, long time. Uh, because, I mean, like, it's America's, I think, gun problem just, it, no one's ever looked at it. Like, I mean, yes, you guys have your constitution and everything, but it, it's just obviously spiraled way out of control. No yeah. one's taking any blame. And yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know why it's so hard for, like, your guys' politicians. For the same reason, we had to have a civil war. We had to have a civil war to get rid of slavery because a few (laughs) rich white guys control everything. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have the gun problem. Colson, you're a gentleman. I admire your health care system. Keith, you want to stay with us till the top of the hour? (laughs) Sure. But I do have one question for you. What do you think is going to happen to all of these maggots if and when Trump actually really does die because they've built a whole lot of stuff on him. They put a whole yeah. lot of things on him when he's gone. What's going to happen? Because they're all weak men looking for a ruler. So they will find another ruler. And some of them have already transitioned to being Ron DeSantis <laughs> cult members. Hey, got to take man, a quick one. What, what's that? Go ahead. Communism didn't die when Lenin did. Yeah. <laughs> they would never give up on George Bush and Dick Cheney until Trump told them to. And they did. They have no loyalty. Their loyalty is to whatever feels right. And fuck you. That's their religion. Mm-hmm.